Miller. Welcome to Tiger Turf Talk. We're excited to be partnering with the Toro Company to kick off an all-new summer series focused on their upcoming Grounds Leadership Academy happening in June. Over the next 10 weeks, we will be releasing podcasts following Drew's road trip to Minneapolis and back, where he will be meeting with Grounds professionals across the country. Please join us as we talk about their careers, the properties they manage, and their favorite Toro equipment. This episode of Tiger Turf Talk is brought to you by The Toro Company. For over 100 years, The Toro Company has been a leader in innovative solutions for turf maintenance. Through a strong network of professional distributors, Toro proudly offers a wide range of commercial-grade equipment. Visit Toro.com to explore their full lineup of products. All right, we're back here at the Toro Grounds Academy it's on the Toro Grounds Leadership Podcast Tour. Uh, we are with the great Matt Anderson of the Toro Company. Uh, he's a district sales manager for the company in the Arizona greater region, right? And more, probably. And more, yeah. Most, most of the West Coast, probably. Yeah, I cover basically from Minneapolis uh, out to the West Coast, plus part of Canada. It's a l- little bit bigger than Arizona. <laughs> I just shouldn't have included the area, like you said. Um, No, no, no. It's great to have you here. Um, There's so many things about this event going on and you being here, being a part of it. What has it been like seeing sort of all of it sort of come together and being a part of it finally now that it's here? It's been really cool. Um, We did an event like this years ago. We call it SFNG Forum, Sports Field and the Grounds Forum. And the pandemic made us paused that a little bit. So we had an opportunity this year to kind of rethink what this event should be. For sure. Um, Having it be more educational focused, more leadership focused, I think has really uh, drawn some interest to the event. It's been cool to see it all come together. It's been cool to see people excited here this week. Um, Chatting with some of the guys last night. You know, in years past, there's always one or two people that cancel last minute for whatever reason. Yeah. And we had none of that this year. That's awesome. And I think that's a testament to people see the agenda. They see who's here and they're like, I don't want to miss this. No. And then it was funny. I was reading the attendee list and I was like, there are some heavy hitters in here. Like, this is awesome. You know? Um, and then interesting sites, you know, like parks and rec in certain areas of like yeah. Toronto's here and all that. I was like, this is a crazy conglomerate that could do a lot of good, you know? Yeah, we get a really good cross-section of people. It's funny. I called all the customers from my territory. Yeah. Just kind of last-minute logistics, what to expect. Yeah. And almost every single one of them said, man, I looked at the list of who's coming. I don't know if I should be there. And I'm like, no, you <laughs> totally need to be there. I keep like, saying, We all need to be in a room talking. I keep saying that, like, uh, why I'm a panelist. I'm like, I don't know why. <laughs> There's a lot of big, big, big names on this right now. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm up here. But no, that and that's, that's what's been really cool about it. And being able to see everyone come together and just start talking about, you know, something that, you guys are sort of like leading the industry and there's no talk about leadership and the need for it and the necessity for it because it has such an impact on how things operate. You know, if you're not a successful leader, you're just not successful in general. Well, and I mean, all my time through college, both my undergrad and my master's, it was all, you know, agronomics and science and just kind of those hard skills. But you know, we talk to people in the industry all the time. That's at best 30% of what we do on it. For sure. You, know, you write a fertilizer plan, you get your mow crew out, you know, all those things. But yeah. it's like, how do you handle HR issues? How do you put a budget plan together? How do you do all those things? There's not a lot of skills out there for it. So I think that's another reason why people want to be a part of this. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's one thing, you know, to have a conversation. It's another thing to have a open panel that is engaging the crowd. I think that was one of the big things this morning that was really cool was the fact that everybody was talking. And I Yeah, like every every break, like you'd see a couple hands go up and yeah. it's like, "Oh, people are into this." Yeah, 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 for sure cuz it's it's stuff that people can relate to, you know. When we talk about SFMA, there's so many great things that they're talking about, but at the end of the day, you're you're talking about something that you can only talk about when it comes to the science-based or the the factual information yep. you're collecting. And nece- it's necessary, but 
being able to sit down and have an honest conversation about things that maybe people struggle with or maybe people have a connection with, it changes sort of the outlook. Like I always, <laughs> I always, whenever I'm doing a talk in an event like this, I'm like, all right, how many people did I put to sleep? Let's see. <laughs> Let's see oh, how I, many hits at the I table. I feeling whenever I give a talk, I'm yeah. like, oh, people don't want to hear my yeah. voice. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. And it was like no one was even remotely close to like losing it, which was really no. cool. And I think what's interesting is when you get a group like that in the room, I think everyone feels like, oh, do I belong in this group of people? Yeah. But you have someone from the NFL and someone from a Division One university and someone like yourself from a, a school district, yeah. and you guys are all facing the same challenges. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not that different. You just have a different business card. Absolutely. And, and that's what's really cool about it. Because, and it was, I was never really worried about approaching people at a higher level. It was more of like, there isn't like a split. It's more of like, you're timid to go up to somebody like that. And there's nothing like that here. It's just conversations, you know? Yeah, and I think as turf managers, just thinking back to my days, I think we're wired to be kind of humble behind the scenes people mm-hmm. like, you know, that old adage just ha- if, happens, right? If they don't know we exist, we're doing our job. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not good at telling our story and talking about ourselves Yeah, kind of as an industry. Yeah. yeah. So nobody wants to like, it, I shouldn't say nobody wants to, but it's hard for us to get up in front of a group and say, well, here's how I do it. And I think we do it well. Yeah. That's hard for us to say. For sure. I mean, it's, it's hard to put that out there. It's just something that you don't want to. And I, I get yelled at all the time by people that are like, why don't you brag about stuff more? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't care. I don't want people to know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm good with being just in my own space. Like it's yeah. something, but like things like that, like where you can take a moment. And I always give back to my students. It's all on my kids, you know, everything that we do, what we accomplish, how we can get there. Like, that's, that's the goal is, you know, you want the kids to be recognized for their hard work and that's what everybody does with their crews. You know, there's very few people in this industry that it's like me, me, me. Right. Right. So, uh, I think it's awesome that everything is sort of coming together here with this event. Um, so how long have you been with Toro and what has it been like sort of being a part of this, uh, company in a, in a sales position for how long? Sorry. (laughs) So I started with Toro January of 2019. So the STMA conference still at the time. (laughs) TMA. (laughs) Um, That week in Phoenix was my first week of work officially with Toro. That's awesome. That's a great way to start. It's a great way to start. (laughs) So um, I've been a sports turf manager for probably 15 years before that. Mm -hmm. So it was a real easy transition over. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people in the industry and I know the industry. But one of my favorite stories is I actually came to this event when it was SFNG Forum as a customer really? years ago. That's awesome. And I remember going home from that event and I told my wife, I said, if I can ever go work for that company, I am going to do it. That's awesome. There was just something about, like, I was always a fan of the equipment, mm-hmm. but just something about the people here and about just the way the company like just felt and operated. It's like, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. So in the fall of 2018, I was on the STMA board with Boyd, who's now my boss. Awesome guy for those that don't know Boyd. Yes, absolutely. And I've, and I had known Boyd for a long, long time. Yeah. I had made the decision earlier that fall to leave my job at the university of Arizona had enough of that world and I just needed the chaos of absolute chaos. chaos. Yes. So I had been interviewing and kind of looking for jobs and we were at our fall STMA board meeting Mm -hmm. and Boyd pulled me aside. He said, Hey, do you have a job yet? I said, no, I've got a couple pretty serious interviews going on, but nothing yet. He's like, well, I have a position and opening up that you might be. Dude, that's all I needed to hear. That was the only <laughs> Where's thing that the mattered. line I need to sign on it. <laughs> so it was a it was a long, intense process, but that's incredible though. Um man, I was so thrilled to get that offer. Yeah. So And that's what's so cool about our industry is the connections that you have play such a huge role in what happens. Huge. You know, like and what's great about 
what I mean, like what we've done at Brentsville is like the connections that I have is the same connections my kids are going to have. Like everyone's going to have that connection if they need it, you know, which I don't think is very common in a lot of places. Um, And I'm not saying it's because of me, but people really appreciate and really uh, love the fact that these kids are getting it at such a young age. And I, I am not going to anybody on a kid. Like I'm not going to put a kid out there if they're not ready. Right. You know, uh, I was talking to, uh, Mr. Kaufman. I don't know his first name. Tanner. Uh, no, with the Ravens. Oh, um, is it Sean? Sean. Okay. So just talking to Sean, he's talking, we want to get kids up there for internships. I'm like, all right, sounds good. And I'm like, I gotta make sure I have a kid (laughs) to go up there and do something. right? Right. So, um, it's it's stuff like that that I think is really cool, and I think Toro does a really good job of making that happen. Like with this event, like people don't think about how significant this event could be for the future of someone that attended. You know? Oh yeah, we we definitely are kind of taking the long view with this event. We want we want it to be maximum value for the people who are. Let's be honest; they're taking a week out of a very busy time of year for most people. I'm to not, be here. I, I just sprigged the field. I'm not panicking. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I swear. So, <laughs> you know, I, I get that that's a big ask from us. And I think we're doing our best to make sure that we're delivering on our end of that. For sure. Experience. Um, and we, I think, long term want it to be something where there's some folks here. We we put it out on social media this year. You're like, hey, if you think you want to attend this, fill out this application why you think you should be considered. Which is awesome. There's a few people here who kind of self-nominated themselves. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was kind of us and our distributors. Contacting the people know, that would hey, be good. this is the kind of people that we need to engage gotcha. here. But I think our long goal is that it's mostly people reaching out and saying, hey, I, sure. I want to go be a part of that event. I heard that event was amazing. How do I get a piece of that? It's been amazing for those that are listening. It's definitely something you want to attend in the future if possible. But um, so your time with Toro, it's been phenomenal. And then you've done a phenomenal job from what I've heard from all of your peers. <laughs> oh, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> there is a there's a big shift in one's career from when they become either a sports field manager, golf course superintendent and take on that next level of whether it's sales, something different with yep. a company like Toro. What was that transition like for you? And how does everything that you've learned in the sports field industry correlate to your job now in a sense? I think, I think a couple of things, to be honest. Um, I have a lot of empathy for what sports field managers and grounds managers are facing. Mm-hmm. So real quick, just in my history, I've worked in Division One athletics. I've worked in minor league baseball. I was a university grounds superintendent. I worked at the Olympics. Let's just throw that in there. <laughs> Where, so, which Olympics, real quick? Uh, Athens, 2004. Oh, that's awesome. We I'm sure about that. awesome. Yeah, we will. So I've, I've had some different stops and some different experiences. So I can meet with a lot of customers and I understand yeah. <laughs> like their challenges. I, I remember distinctly, it was pretty soon after I started with Toro, we had stopped meeting with a small college groundskeeper and his body language was kind of giving me the, I don't want to talk to you guys because you're just a sales guy. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. And I asked him a quick question and I, it was something like, how do you guys handle trash on campus? Like we don't make any trash removal equipment, but like, how do you, how do you manage trash? Because it's a huge headache. It's more than a headache. He kind of like gave me this look like this light bulb went off and he's like, like, you know, you've been there, you and know, we all of a sudden struck up this conversation and he like totally opened up and it was a great visit. Yeah. So I think I have that empathy with customers understanding what they're really going through in the trenches. And that's awesome. Cause people don't recognize that, you know, yeah. when you make these big changes yeah. with your career, it's just awesome. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're good. I think the other thing that I like, believe it or not, um, I can fake it a little bit in events, but I'm kind of an introvert. Gotcha. So like group settings are hard for me. I hear you. But I have always loved, 
loved being around the people in this industry. Yeah. Like you get in a room with these guys and people start swapping stories and you're laughing and you're commiserating about your problems. And it's just like, just fills you up. Like yeah, just yeah. energizes me. So, and we have such incredible people. That's, that's the thing. And it's funny. You see the faces like son and Travis and all those guys that are always around and it's just, you always smile, you know, yeah. it's just the first thing you do. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have, I would consider these people good friends. I probably only ever see them at the SFMA conference exactly. every year. Yeah. And it is, it's like you pick up where you left off. It's a big hug or a hearty handshake. Yeah. And, oh my God, dude, how have you been? It's been so long. <laughs> right. But it's like, it's like you're this family, right? For sure. So yeah. I just, I love the people in this business and you know, just from a Toro standpoint, I work with super professional people all day, every day, like all that. We joke about like the university politics and BS and the challenge of coaches and, and things like that. I work with really professional people and we're all really focused on the kind of the same direction all the time. Yeah. And that's really a healthy environment to be in. Baseball season is upon us. Toro's Field Pro 6040 was created with ball fields in mind. The Field Pro's multi-tool system allows four tools to be carried at once, significantly reducing the time required preparing infields. Scarifying, grading, and dragging can now be completed in a single pass, saving you time and effort. Visit Toro's website today to learn more about the Field Pro 6040. And I think from the conversations I've had with people that work at Toro, like that's something that's so at the front of everyone's mind whenever you're working, you know, it's, it's something that I really appreciate about the fact that it's just when you're trying to accomplish something and you have people around you that aren't prepared to yeah put in the work, do the things that need to be done. That doesn't happen here, you know, which is really awesome and something that needs to be highlighted with with this event because it's it's helping so many people that are here right now. And hopefully with these podcasts, we can sort of get into a little more about all of the things that they could benefit from from making relationships like this. So, yeah, um, the Olympics. Let's get into that. <laughs> um, Athens was that 2004. 20... OK, 2004. <laughs> Um, what was that like? How'd you get into it? And just sort of, is there any other cool, uh, experiences in your career that you want to talk about? Oh man, there's, I mean, there's been a lot of cool experiences. Yeah. Like if I was going to say something to like your students who are trying to get into this business, Mm -hmm. like there are things that I've experienced through turf that a kid from small town, Michigan would never, ever (laughs) do again. Consider. Yeah. Um, so I'll try to not be too long-winded with this. No, you're not. we love that. But so the Olympics really started for me when Michigan State decided to convert from old school, rip your skin off AstroTurf. The carpet. To a natural grass field. Thank, so, thank God. <laughs> thank God. So I was very fortunate to be an undergrad going into grad school while that project was happening. Mm -hmm. So Michigan state field was a modular turf field. They still had have the Virginia tech, the same system, same system. It's still there. Don't know how. Oh yeah. Don't know how. That might be the only one left. It's the only one left and it is way out of date. (laughs) So, So I helped as a student, like we helped fill modules Mm -hmm. for the Michigan state project. That's crazy. And I worked at the turf research farm part of that time. So I got to be around when the modules got installed in the stadium. I gotcha. So, which is probably an an insane process. It's an insane process. So how many trays are there? There's like a thousand. No, it's like (laughs) 6,000. So hopefully you didn't have to carry them in. (laughs) So, that was 2001 when Michigan State did that. Mm-hmm. I think at the time there were like three fields in the world. So Michigan State, Virginia Tech, and there was a field at Millennium Stadium in Wales. I was going to say some random those European were country. Only, yep. Those were the only ones. It's the up and coming thing. So fast forward to 2004, I was in grad school working on my master's mm-hmm. at Michigan State. One of my professors, 
Trey Rogers. Great man. Was a consultant for the Athens Olympics. Very nice. Modular turf was decided on for the Athens Olympics because if you look up some pictures of the opening ceremonies, in the center of the Olympic Stadium, they built an artificial lake that they they bubbled natural <laughs> gas in and an archer shot a flaming arrow into the water and lit the Olympic rings on fire. You can't have a grass field under that. I'm, yeah, probably not. <laughs> so... Modular turf had to go in. Right so, after the event. So right? who who in the world has built and helped move a modular field that, as Doc said, doesn't have a real job? Oh, that was mean. <laughs> so I essentially got tapped to go be the man on the ground. That's awesome. Which was incredible. So a couple funny stories about that. My wife, Charity, and I celebrated our one-year wedding anniversary and I left two weeks later for four and a half months in Athens. Love you, sweetie. Sorry. So that was, <laughs> you know, this is pre-smartphone days. This is like I used to have to go to an internet cafe to email. I got gotcha. you. So it, that was that was hard. Yeah. We, we made it through. We just celebrated our 20th. Congratulations. That's awesome. That was a challenge. But Athens also was the first post 9-11 summer olympics yeah that's right yeah the security was insane yeah we built the field a 45 minute drive from the olympic stadium actually in an old vineyard really modules got loaded onto semi trucks drove to the stadium under police escort Bomb dogs had to sniff every trailer that went in. Check that grass, man, you know. <laughs> there was one tunnel in and out of the stadium. Ugh, don't you love that? So so they built a custom conveyor belt system to offload the modules in the parking lot. They went down a conveyor belt. We unloaded them <laughs> in the stadium floor. That's awesome. So the... Opening ceremonies happened. The second they were over, an army of guys went out with circular saws and they started cutting up this wood base for this artificial lake. Mm -hmm. Took them 30 hours. I was going to say, that could not have been fast. (laughs) Tear out the opening ceremonies. Yeah. After that 30 hours, we had 65 hours to install the field. I was going to say, wasn't the game pretty close after that? Well, before the gold medal soccer match, we Mm -hmm. had track and field. Yeah. So... We had 65 hours to get the field in. That's insane. We did it in 62, round the clock. No way, really? Oh, my gosh. I think the second night, I fell asleep. We were maybe two-thirds of the way through. Mm -hmm. I went and sat about midfield, just sat down, and I passed out. Hopefully they didn't put a tray on top of you. <laughs> I passed out for like two and a half hours, right? It's like required I, I to woke survive. Up like physically shaking because like the dew had set in. I was soaking wet oh, from dew. Oh, no. Just like, what is happening? <laughs> what is going on right now? Why am I here? Wait, yeah. I had a dream. I was like working the Olympics or something. <laughs> That's incredible, though. So, yeah, that was... Those are the stories you love, you know? It's yeah. like, why did I fall asleep? Well, you know, 48 hours of no sleep. It'll yeah, happen. I was exhausted. Yeah, it'll happen. You know? <laughs> just, it's kind of a necessity so we just don't die or something. Yeah, you know? right. Um, <laughs> now, you said uh, in the one of the panels, you brought up a story, and I want to bring this up because it's such a cool story. Yeah. And it's something that I think a lot of sports field managers, golf course superintendents could really learn from because – um, it's such a great educational tool that people are probably really afraid of. Yeah. If you could talk to what that was and how it went and just give sure. us the, the end of the story that we didn't get when you gave it to us. So when I worked in the minors, um, I worked in minor league baseball for six seasons and I think almost every year I was there, I had one or two interns. Those was my crew. It was like three mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Michigan State. So I would spend the whole season investing in those guys. If you worked on my crew, you did every single job. Absolutely. So we taught you how to mow. We taught you how to water. We taught you how to do clay, how to paint, every single thing that that field required. Towards the end of the season, unannounced, Mm -hmm. 
I would walk in in the morning and basically say, Matt's sick. And I would sit down in one of the guy's normal chairs, not yeah, my yeah. chair. Yeah, yeah. And they would be like, what are you talking about? Like, Mark, you're in charge today. Tim, you're in charge today. Whoever. Like, and they would be like, what do you mean? I'm like, Matt's gone. You're the head groundskeeper. So I would make them, hey, what needs to happen? Mm-hmm. And I would remind them, hey, did you go talk to the coaches? Are we doing BP today? Hey, did you talk to the umpires? Did you go talk to the general manager about weather? You know, are we ready to drag? Do we need a tarp crew ready? Like we would, I would make them think throughout the whole day and really bring together like, Hey, you're supposed to be learning here all year. Like, are you putting this all together into this cake? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That is the job, right? Not just, not just this set of skills, but can you do the job? Yeah. And they were always really appreciative of that experience. Yeah. My response was like, no, Matt's right there. What are we talking about? <laughs> be like, yeah, right. no, I don't know. No, no. Right. no, but I mean like it's things like that where like you're not understanding like the impact that has because kids, they, they want to be able to have a say and they want to be able to run things on their own. There are some kids that are like, drill sergeants they want to be those people they want to be the ones calling the shots and if they're able to understand that maybe it's a learning experience where they have learned everything and you've done a phenomenal job of just teaching them without them really recognizing the fact that you've been teaching them or it's an experience where you completely like i need to check myself because i haven't paid attention at all this (laughs) summer you know what i mean right it's it's just something that i think a lot of a lot of professionals in any industry really could benefit from like using that sort of as a tool, as a test, you know, to see even yourself, are you doing the right thing and educating them? Like there are certain things that I, I always get reflections from my kids. Like every, uh, we go by quarters. We're not a semester based school. So every quarter I get a reflection uh, written out by each kid. What can I do better? What do you like? What do you not like? Mm-hmm. How can we improve your learning experience? Is there something I need to do better? Is there something that we can provide better for you? Um, those situations and those, again, even data points, you know, really help moving forward and having an impact. So I absolutely loved that. I was yeah. like, I was like, Thank yes, you. I was like, <laughs> somebody gets it, you know, yeah. um, uh, with, everything that you have going on, um, what has been sort of your favorite part about working at Toro? Obviously you were talking about, you want to be a part of this company because of the experience that you had with it. What has it been for you now that you're here? That's just been the best part about what you do. So people always ask me like what my job is. Mm -hmm. And I say, I'm a district sales manager and I, I do, I'm, we manage numbers and we work on sales and we, we drive business, but I explain really that my role is I'm kind of the link connecting headquarters here to our distributors gotcha. in the field, supporting their sports fields and grounds customers. Mm-hmm. So what I love to do, honestly, I love it when I get to go somewhere and we get to go see customers at their shop, mm-hmm. hear about what their challenges are. Can we help with any of that? Absolutely. Sometimes somebody just wants to to talk. <laughs> they it's just very, want to vent, right? It's very true because, I mean, talking to guys like you, it's just easier to like even process what you have going on, even if it's just like figuring out what do I need to do better? Like maybe there's a piece of equipment that Toro can help me. Like this is going to solve my problem, but sorry. No, so the absolute best customer visits I get to do is when we're not in someone's office is when someone says, Hey, let's go meet like on the field or let's go look at some grass. Like Mm -hmm. that's such a treat for me to like go and look and talk. Be like, your field's shit. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but like I, I won't name names, but very good customer. I want you to name names. (laughs) (laughs) But, But very good customer in Southern California. And I would, we've narrowed it. Go ahead. I, I would almost call him a friend yeah. more than a customer narrowing it more. But whenever we visit, he makes it a point. Hey, what do you think about this? That's it's awesome. Like, put your turf eyes on. What would you do be doing right now? What do you like? 
I'm having this problem. Have you ever seen that? And we just start talking shop. And it usually our, our distributor guy who's with me, you can see him just like kind of take a step back. And he's he's like, like, I am I'm not gonna, part I'm of gonna this. I'm going to go to the truck. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you in a couple hours. You know, maybe I'll get some lunch or something. But. So that, that's a huge, that's a huge just boost for me. Yeah. Um, I hope it's a boost to our customers. Um, I don't ever want to be a burden to somebody because I remember being busy mm-hmm. and someone would want to stop by. Yeah. And I always had, there's a handful of guys that I always made time for. And there's a handful of guys that, you know, I never wanted to be around when they were going to swing by. Yeah. So I just try and emulate those guys that I wanted to work with. Yeah. So I hope that I'm bringing some value anytime I walk into somebody's shop, whether it's, Hey, did you know about this new product or, Hey, are you having an issue we can help you with? I want to bring value to them. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's the things, it's the little things like that, that like, Again, someone who manages a high school complex, like having someone stop by and say, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm here if you need anything. Like that, that's huge. You know, yeah. it's it's hard sometimes to get in a conversation with them because I have twenty kids at the time for my class <laughs> and it's like, Yes, come by, but you're gonna have to deal with my kids. And usually what happens is we have a nice conversation with the kids and everything, but being able to But you know what? That's a skill that those kids need to learn. Exactly. How do you interact with those people? How do you handle that situation? Exactly. And that's, that's what I think is so cool about, you know, again, people who are going to come by, it's just quick, easy visit. But if my kids can figure, see me interact with you guys and it's just like, it's teaching without teaching, you know? And I think a lot, I think a lot of people don't understand the value of that in our industry. You know, even if it's putting someone on a spray rig with you, you know, just to see what you're doing. Like they're, they're wanting to know how to do it. Like I will sit here and watch you everything that you do and I will know how it operates and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So again, I think that's awesome and incredible what you're doing with that. Um, What are some of your favorite places to visit? You know? Oh man. So I'm completely biased. I love bias. Everyone, everyone's always like, I want to give you my non-biased opinion. I was like, if you're biased, I know you're passionate about it. I know it's something that's <laughs> going to be good. And I want to be able to be a part of that, you know? So one thing I'll say is I, I live in Tucson, Arizona, which is the better part of Arizona. It's mm-hmm. not Phoenix. No offense. I'm not a big Arizona guy. I can't. The The desert is like killing me. Everything wants to kill you in the desert. Exactly. Everything. Everything. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to go somewhere else where it's a little less deadly. You know, sorry. Go ahead. But what I love, I cover the Western U.S. Mm-hmm. and I cover a very diverse landscape. For sure. I have the desert. You I have the, the coast. I have the mountains. I have most of the Midwest. So I have all the grasses. That's awesome. All the climates, you know, I go up to the Pacific Northwest. So just the diversity of challenges that our customers face mm-hmm. is fun for me to see. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Some of them are like, how did that happen? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of fresh every day. Is it? it and that's awesome. Yeah. Cause that just makes the job more fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, you never know what that phone call or email is going to bring. And I, uh, I think as a turf manager, we're inherent problem solvers, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. here's an issue. We got to fix it. There's a solution. So when those things come to me, it's like, I, I turn that mode back on and yeah, it's yeah. like, I want to fix this. Like, yeah, how do yeah. we fix this? And that's, that's what's so cool. And that's why I always talk to my kids. I'm like, there's never a dull moment in this industry. Yeah. If you're always up for a new challenge on a day-to-day basis or really anything, like this is what you want to do. Cause yeah. you're not talking just about your challenges with your turf. You're talking about challenges with people, challenges with organizations, challenges with weather. Screw you, mother nature. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, there's just so many things that keep you on your toes, you know, and, a lot of people want that in their lives. They just don't know how to find the right thing. So it's, it's something that I love to do is just be like, something just happened. What are we going to do guys? Like, how are we going to fix this issue and let them just panic for about five minutes? I'm like, all right, well let's look at the situation. (laughs) Right. And just talk them through it. You know, I, uh, I'll tell you another story. That's cool. Love it. Yes. So, 
When I went to college originally, I, I thought I wanted to be a civil engineer. Most people do, yes. <laughs> so, and the reason I did is because when I was a kid, I liked, I was a BMX kid, so I was always just literally digging holes and building jumps behind my parents' house. Nice. Like, I just loved being out in the dirt. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, civil engineers move big piles of dirt to build stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not a math guy <laughs> at all. I found that out so, in high school. So <laughs> so me and calculus, we don't see eye to eye. It's not math. I just, it's not math, right. you know. <laughs> you see where I'm going, though. No, I got you. So I had been working on a golf course, just summer help. Yeah. And, like, I completely fell in love with that job. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've experienced it. Anybody who's really been in this industry has that kind of origin story where it's like you got hooked yeah, and yeah. you you couldn't get enough, right? Yeah, well, yeah. that golf course job was my hook. And the superintendent was cool enough. He, he basically said, you know, Michigan State has a program. Like, you can go learn how to do this. That's awesome. And I remember fretting about talking to my parents about switching my major. <laughs> hey, like, guys. <laughs> you know, because I want to go from being an engineer – you know, which kind of on that list of prestigious everyone's, careers, everyone's right? Everyone's like, right? Yeah. Everybody. Mom wants to be an engineer, and doctor, I want to go. I want to go into turf grass management. What is that? <laughs> and I remember. Don't worry about it. It was fine. <laughs> well, I remember going and talking to my mom, and um, I go. Well, here's what I want to do. She looked at me and she goes, "Your life." <laughs> and I was not expecting that at all. It was, it was like, like that might have been like, sarcasm, but I so want cool you to know. It? I want you to know I'm taking it seriously. <laughs> but I'll tell you what: as soon as I found that passion and kind of like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I went from a very average college student yeah. to like top grades because uh-huh. I couldn't get enough of any of it. For sure, yeah. And that's what that's what I mean. I have a lot of kids that are like, well, I want to be a doctor. I'm like. Eight years of school, really? You want to do that after your four years? Mm-hmm, okay. And then there's kids that are like, I just want to be outside. I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, seriously, you're in my class yeah, and you don't you know, know what you want to do? Like, what are we talking about right now? Um, but they're just, the thing that scares me the most about our industry is just the overall lack of awareness of who we are. You know? Yeah, absolutely. In the real world. Because... Something that uh, I was, I think it was Dr. Shirok and uh, how many kids are, you know, college athletes? How many kids are high school athletes? How many kids are little league? Right. They have no idea who we are. No idea. My story is I took care of our baseball field in high school and I did that for eight years before I was told that this was something I could do with my life. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. What? I would have been enjoying this so much more if this was going to do for the rest of my life, you know, like it, it's things like that where I'm just like, what can we do? You know, how can we bring sports field management to the forefront of things, which I've got a bunch of ideas, just none of them are going to happen. (laughs) Well, I think what you're doing here is, is part of that. I mean, you're telling stories. I mean, we're sitting here telling stories, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I'm going to tell you another story. No, I love it. Just jogged my memory. So when I was in grad school, actually even before I was in grad school, uh, I worked for Dr. Sorokin when he was working on his PhD. I was like... A lot of people worked with him. I was like his student help. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what a lot of people don't know is that Dr. Henderson at UConn, Jason Henderson, also a grad student at Michigan State. Jason bought a house... And John Sorokin and his wife yeah. rented Jason's basement, uh-huh. and I rented Jason's spare bedroom. That's a hell of a turf so house. So the four of us <laughs> shared a house for a while. It's a hell of a turf house. That is, that's some great minds in that one little area, you know? So. And, and to take it a step further, Jason Henderson's now wife uh-huh. was the sister floor RA in my dorm my sophomore year. A small world. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And it's just funny. Was McPherson there when you were there? No. Okay. No. 
Because he he was the other one I remember. He was talking about how I would work with John. I'm like, yeah. cool. I mean, you're like the fifth person that's telling me that, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, he, uh, that's just wild, you know? Like, yeah. and, But it's such a small world. Mm-hmm. So one thing I always told my interns or students or anyone who's worked for me mm-hmm. is you really have to be careful how you interact with people in this business. Mm-hmm. If this is going to be your world for sure, you know, some people get hot headed and they burn that bridge and they, they quit a job, That's two a middle fingers bad in the air. idea. Yeah. But you will come back around to that person. If you stick in the industry, it's, it's gonna, it's <laughs> gonna bite you in the butt. So be, be really, really careful about how you treat people. And that's about the network too. You oh, know, hundred like, percent. And it, it's funny cause I don't like to think I have a pretty strong network, but I, I have a very strong network and a lot of the guys that I talk to. That's a to, pretty humble brag. Right okay. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um, but it's, like it's not only that I know people, I have good relationships with them and they take me for my word on things that are yeah. like necessary for whatever they're trying to do. Like if they're trying to hire someone and I know the person, like if I say they're the guy or they're the girl, like then they're going to trust that. They're going to go yeah. with it, you know? Um, and I think that's another thing that if we bring more awareness to just the overarching thing, we're going to have so many more kids and so many more, even like, People, there are so many people who are unhappy with their jobs. Like, right. why don't we try and, you know, exploit that, you know? Sorry to say the, that word like that, but it's something that there's no reason for you to be unhappy with your job, you no. know? And we have an ample amount of opportunities at any level you want. That's something I always tell my kids. I'm like, if you want to do anything and go anywhere in this world, there is a job in turf grass management for you. If you want to be a sod farmer in North Carolina, like in go work for Chad Price, you want to go work in England on a soccer field, go work for John Lester or uh, John Ludwig. Sorry. Sorry, John. (laughs) 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 It's Lester city. (laughs) Um, If you want to go work on a golf course, making no money in the middle of nowhere, I almost said bad word. Sorry. Uh, In the middle of nowhere, you can go do that. Like, If you want to make a lot of money, go work on a professional field. You can work your way up there. And what's crazy to me is that people aren't recognizing how young some of these people are that are getting hired. Like, oh yeah, Matt Brown was hired at like I think it was twenty seven, head groundskeeper of the Pirates. Danny, I think he's thirty. Danny Lazito, thirty yeah. years old, Carolina Panthers. Like the jobs are like people that are hesitant to go and like, well, it's going to take like thirty years to get it. I'm like, not really. Unless you're set to one place, you know? So yeah. go ahead. No, that just jogged my memory a bit. Um, I've never been a person who was like laser focused on this is my one goal. This is my one goal. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to meet a lot of turf students and they would say, oh, I want to be an MLB groundskeeper. <laughs> There's There's 32 of those. <laughs> it, it's not a real realistic goal. I mean, it's yeah. good to want the pinnacle. Yeah. I'm more of a believer in being an opportunist. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm like always looking to skate around, but I wasn't looking to get into minor league baseball. (laughs) So the way I got hired by the Lansing Lugnuts was I was in grad school, wrapping up grad school, and Dr. Rogers said, hey, the Lugnuts need a groundskeeper. Why don't you apply? Because you've never done a professional interview. Like, just go get some interview experience. I'm like, oh, yeah good idea yeah i like that well i got hired (laughs) you're like dr rogers i swear (laughs) so so i i wasn't seeking that out but that was an amazing opportunity for me because it really let me cut my chops yeah back when the minor leagues were still kind of rough around the edges and you it was okay to screw a few things up yeah and it wasn't the end of the world right and then you know the job at the University of Arizona. I lived in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, at the time that was a Division One grass football field. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna apply for that job. Yeah. yeah. I'd never. Well, I grew Bermuda grass at the Olympics, but never long term. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, that took me there, and just my 
those opportunities, how they have kind of found me based on my network, based on my experiences. It's never like I'm a baseball guy. I'm sticking through to baseball till the end. Yeah. Um, I was the same way. Like I wanted to be a baseball guy and uh, it was, I still remember the day uh, I was at Virginia tech at the time and I got a call from Chris Acton and he goes, Hey, I'm like, hello. He's like, (laughs) you drew Miller. I'm like, Yep. The one and only. He's, <laughs> he's like, my name's Chris Acton. I'm with the Steelers. Uh, Matt Brown gave me your number. He wanted me to call you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was, I was just, I was so off guard. Like, I just didn't think it was like even remotely a thing I would do. Mm-hmm. It was my favorite job. Sorry, Matt. Uh, it was my favorite job that I had in the pros. You know, it was, it, the those guys were just phenomenal. I'm still close with all of them. Billy, Andy, and all those guys. It's just so cool to, be able to sort of, you know, go where, you know, it sort of takes you, you know, yeah. there's, there's no need to be on a specific path. There's no need to be in one place, you know, and there's a couple guys that I've talked to that are just like, Oh yeah, I go wherever the the job is, you know, like yeah, somebody's moved. I forget who it is. He's moved like 12 times for jobs and everything. I'm like That's crazy. I'm I'm passionate about this. I ain't moving twelve times. <laughs> I apologize. No, <laughs> but um, sort of the and like we talked a little bit about it before. The focus has been leadership. Yep. In your eyes, what would you think is sort of the best attributes of a leader when it comes to a grounds crew or someone in this space of turf grass? Um, I'm a big believer of just emulating like the kind of person you would want to work for. Like I don't, I have never liked working for someone who's a yeller mm-hmm. or that real in your face kind yeah. of, it's hard. you know, old school guy. I don't like that. So I'm not like that. Yeah. I'm not anybody who's ever worked for me knows I'm a, I'm a super even keeled person. Yeah. I'm not hot headed Yeah, yeah. because that's how, who I would want to interact with as a boss. 100%. So whether that's running your crew or whether you're a sales guy or whatever, you just need to think about who would you want to do business with? Who would you want to get in the trenches with? Who would you want to dig an irrigation hole with? <laughs> you know it's what I mean? So true. Yeah. Um, because we've all probably worked with those people over the years that, you know, they're a slacker or they're not trustworthy or, you know, they fly off the handle at little things and you're like, man, I don't want to be around this guy. Yeah. So I think just emulating that ideal as best you can, is how I go about it. And that, that's a great perspective on it. Cause a lot of people, when they are, you know, either a crew leader or something like that, it's more about the product. It's more about, did I do the job? And it's an, I sort of, idea mm-hmm. now i think there's been a lot of great conversations and it's it's showing that it's really transformed since a lot of the the older guys you know it it's not possible without the others it's not possible without the assistants oh, the yeah. part times the you know the students it's it's something that i think one of the big words of the day and i it might have been my fault for saying it a couple times but <laughs> empowerment you know yeah giving people opportunities, you know, to have their ownership of what's going on is something that's going to carry on for a very long time. So, yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't be heavy handed, you know, do, 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 Yeah. you know, there's that old cartoon. It's like that leadership cartoon. You've probably seen it where there's like the workers pulling the guy on yeah. the chariot with yeah, the whip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't want to be that guy with the whip. You yeah. want to be, you know, pushing or pulling or helping or, Cheering them on. <laughs> yeah. You know, you want to be a part of that process with them, not like you're just the big boss dictating. things. Yeah. It's so funny when I worked at the University of Arizona. I probably tried to be out in the field as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I couldn't, but we had a few guys in grounds. When I was the ground superintendent, we had a couple guys that were from Eastern Europe mm-hmm. and that was that real still kind of top down like they're the worker I'm the boss yeah, yeah. kind of mentality yeah 
And we were, I remember one day we were out prepping a sod area yeah. and I was just, I went out to chuck on it. I picked up a rake. I was just, I wasn't doing anything. I was just raking some dirt clots. Yeah, yeah. Guy walks over and he's like, boss, boss, no, no, boss, let me. And he's like taking the rake out of my hand. I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like, yeah, yeah. go back to what you were doing. He's like, no, no, boss, I do, I do. Like it was so uncomfortable for him for the boss, boss to be doing to be work. doing work. I'm yeah. like, no, that's not how we do things here. Yeah, like we're all doing this together, and that's that's where again you see sort of those dividends in the future, and that's yeah. Because uh, I always bring him up. He's like a second father to me, but uh, Casey Underwood from Virginia Tech. It's funny he doesn't go out and do things often, but he's like one of the nicest guys. He doesn't really want any of the like attention he doesn't want to be known um you were talking about digging an irrigation hole well he's the guy that is digging the trench and it's not an irrigation it's like i remember we were uh in the process of building english field which is the baseball field at tech and he's like 13 feet in the ground (laughs) digging a hole and i'm like you know, you're in charge. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm helping, but I'm not down in the hole. I'm moving the stuff he's throwing out. And it's like, you just want to do the best for those kind of people, you know? 100%. And Casey was a guy you always came in. You wanted to make sure that you were keeping up with him, which you never did. Um, but it's, it's just servant leadership is something that you don't take into account. Like, if you're struggling and your crew's not working for you, if you're not being successful, like take a step back, see if there's anything more that you can be doing. And that's going to be like something like out of this world that you're going to be like, Oh, that's all I had to do. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's that simple. You know, they just want to see my face for a few hours of the day if I need to be out there and stuff. So, you know, that's, it's just really cool to see all of that sort of come to light and, you know, Especially here. It's been great to talk to the guys and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, you have any favorite part of the event so far? I know we're only a few hours in, but. <laughs> you know, it's really cool whenever we do events like this. You get everybody together kind of that first time on the bus and. Mm-hmm. People are almost like eyeing each other up. Like, like, who is that guy? Who am like, I going to talk to on this bus? <laughs> you know, is he going to sit by me? And then. You start having some food and the game starts and people start chit chatting. And all of a sudden by the end of the night, like like people are becoming friends. Yeah. And then you see that even more today, you know, guys are sitting with guys that they were chatting with last night and they were carrying on conversations from last night. So mm-hmm. there's just these relationships being cultivated Yeah, that I guarantee you some of them will continue long after we leave here. For sure. Week, so. And that's, that's part that's really cool about an event like this because it's something that doesn't have to be put on. It doesn't have to be a part of what no. Toro is because guess what? We already all love Toro. You know, it's something that like the slogan, you can count on it. Like, yep. but this is like going above and beyond and ensuring that people are getting the opportunity to make those relationships and have connections. Like there's a couple guys I've talked to and I'm like, I've been watching your career from afar, you know, and it's so cool to finally meet you. Yep. Um, and to be able to, you know, actually make that connection. Like, yeah, I saw you at SFMA. I'm like, sorry, I didn't see you. Like I didn't know you, you know, Yeah, right. That one, one that I, I, he's incredible. Ryan Moy, like, he has been awesome. Like everything about what he taught. So we did a podcast the other day and we talked about, it was just like a whole new perspective on things that you just don't take into account. And just having those conversations, it's like, wow, I could take that back and use that, you know? (laughs) So like, it's, it's just so cool to have, new and interesting and to have sort of the smaller space, you know, cause at SFMA and these other conferences, oh, it's just, it's just so like, big. I got to talk to you, got to talk to you, 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 you. And I'm like, right. Where'd the day go? You know, so right. <laughs> it's just really cool to be able to do that here at Toro. So, um, something that I always love to talk about, especially for you and your career, we have young kids in our program, right. Who are looking to join the industry, looking to be, uh, the next generation. What is something that you wish you knew when you first started that would be sort of like a really great sort of words of wisdom for my kids who are considering joining the industry and what they can do, uh, not to get like a step up or anything like that, but just going in, they know, you know, what would be 
your thoughts. So I got some wonderful advice from my first general manager when I worked for the lug nuts and I was, uh, I mentioned earlier, I'm kind of an introvert Mm -hmm. and I like to internalize things and fix problems. Like I feel like if someone is bringing me a problem, it's on me to fix it. Yeah. Like I internalize that Mm -hmm. and early, like my first season there, we were a few months in, I don't remember what the issue was, but we were having an issue. Yeah. I think it was actually with some Ivy that was growing like in the outfield and it was really bothering me and he knew it was really bothering me and I was letting it just kind of stew and fester and I was trying to figure it out and he sat me down one day and he's like, you should talk to somebody like call somebody who might be able to help you. And I, I was always really hesitant to do that. I'm like, Oh, just, I'm just Matt at single a Lansing. Like Mm -hmm. nobody wants to hear from me. Like kind of this, you don't really believe in yourself maybe. Yeah. 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 And he said, I'll never forget this. He said, how does it feel when somebody calls you and asks for some advice? Someone else called you and said, Hey, I'm having a turf problem. What should I do? How does that make you feel? I said, Oh my God, it feels amazing. Like fills me up. Like I'd, I'd ride that for days. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. He said, you have the power to do that to somebody. If you just pick up the phone and ask, Yeah. even if they can't help you, the fact that you said, Hey, hey, you might be able to help me with this. You are going to fill that person's bucket. That's incredible. With nothing. And that was just like this epiphany to me. Of yeah. Do not be afraid to pick up the phone yeah. and call and ask. And that translates to things at conference. Like you, you see people at conference, you see the first timers and they're, they're hesitant to engage. You see them go <laughs> like, Oh my God, that that's the guy from the Steelers. Oh my yeah, God. That's yeah, the yeah. guy from yeah. wherever. I remember my and, and first they, and they're, Denver. They're like, that was crazy. Like, oh, I can't go say hi to that person. It's like, no, dude, go introduce yourself. They want to talk yeah. to you. They want to engage with you. And that's what this business is all about. Mm-hmm. And that little lesson that I learned has carried me for years. And it's just, it's cool how you, you put that because people don't think of it like that. You know, people aren't like, oh, I might have an impact on someone if I call them, you know, because... Right. I mean, it, it, it means a lot. You don't understand like sometimes that like if someone thinks that you're intelligent enough to help them with something, that means like, okay, I've done something right. You know? <laughs> Cause right. Maybe, maybe it's right. one of those days where you're like, just nothing is going right. I don't know what to do. I want to be better. I don't know how to do it. And then someone calls you and asks for your help. And you're like, all right, you yeah. know what? I can actually maybe have an impact or something. Right. You know? Right. So it's just, it's incredible to have moments like that, you know. Um, is there anything else you want to share about Toro, what we're doing the rest of the week, and what you're excited about moving forward? Obviously, as, you know, you know, sales representative of half the world, it's so whatever. <laughs> um, I, think the, I think the cool thing about hosting an event like this here is we can create this environment where relationships are created and conversation happens. But then when people get to go see what is behind our products is really, really powerful. Um, If you've never had a chance to come to a place like this, you might not understand what goes in. You might just think, oh, well, that's a mower or that's a utility vehicle. Mm -hmm. What goes into that? Like to see what kind of testing goes in, to see how we innovate, to Mm -hmm. see people are probably going to see prototypes of stuff this week that aren't. On the market. So understanding that there's this huge amount of people and effort behind these products, I think is always really fun for, for customers to experience. And it's, it's fun for me to see them experience that because I remember 
when I was one of them and I came here the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so interacting with that part of the business is always really fun and I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. It's been awesome. I know this was like a last minute thing, but yeah, dude, no, this, is uh, great. this is awesome. It's been great. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. So thank you for everything. And You're thank welcome. you for putting on everything. It's been incredible. You know, as Someone who's, again, I don't know why I'm a panelist, but, you know, I'm grateful. Um, but being here with everybody, it's just been an awesome experience. And we're only halfway there. So know, right? that's the part that's awesome. So awesome. thanks again. Thank you. Yeah. Let's take a moment to acknowledge our sponsor, the Toro Company, and their Workman UTX. The Workman UTX is tough and dependable with the highest payload in its class. Rugged design, powerful performance, and unmatched versatility. It gets the job done without compromise. Visit Toro's website to learn more.